0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, The Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Today, we're doing something a little bit different something that I don't usually talk about and that is turkey hunting and today's guest is one of the hosts from the Ohio Outdoors podcast Paul Campbell and if you've listened to that podcast if you've if you know Paul at all me and him are flipped I put all of my energy into whitetails and then occasionally I'll be excited to go hunt turkeys He's the complete opposite of me he goes out and he's die hard and he tells why he's die hard um, uh, in this episode turkey season is the mecca for him and it sounds to me like the dude's going to be bouncing around to several states this year chasing turkeys and so this is a little bit of a shout out type episode because paul is going to be hosting A podcast called the How to Hunt Turkey Podcast, similar to our How to Hunt Deer podcast on the network here. And it's just, it's a really good podcast, all information uh, turkey hunting. And if you're a turkey nut or you, you know, the the whitetail season is over and it's time to get into something different and you want to get into turkeys, this is definitely uh, what you guys need to be following along with. So be sure to go check out the How to Hunt Turkey podcast, and we get into all that here in in the episode today. But uh, Paul, as you will hear, is a very uh, energetic guy when it comes to turkey hunting, and hopefully that energy passes on to you. Uh, That's all I'm going to say real quick in this intro. We do got to do the commercials. If you're looking for a saddle, look no further than Tethered. Tethered is not only an industry leader in... You know technology and design for saddle hunting, but they're a one-stop shop for everything that you need. They have the saddle, they have the platforms, they have the climbing sticks. Some of their new climbing sticks are amazing and they have all the saddle hunting accessories that you need. On top of that, you can go to their website or you can go to YouTube and you can find tons of information that Tethered puts out, tons of content designed to help you become a better saddle hunter and shorten the learning curve on saddle hunting so uh, just a great overall company i know the people who uh that that work at this company and they're definitely participants in the art of saddle hunting so go check out tethered next on the list wasp archery Uh, these guys have been a partner for a very long time and i want to continue to be partners with them because not only are there good people working for that company but their products are badass, man. Uh, most of their heads are still made in the United States. Uh, so there's that's a big win. Awesome design, awesome materials. You put that together and you come out with a badass, a badass uh, broadhead that does a lot of damage to whatever it hits. So if you're looking for a mechanical, may I suggest the Jackhammer three blade, love that head. If you're looking for a fixed blade, may I suggest the Boss 4-Blade. Now, there's a whole bunch of other heads that you can choose from. Go find one at wasparchery.com. And then go ahead and uh, use the discount code NFC20 for 20% off. That's wasparchery.com. Hunt stand, again, something. Um, I'm just now starting to think about where i want to go hunt this year and a lot of that has to do with access to public ground so uh here's a couple lists uh states on my list missouri oklahoma nebraska of course south dakota and so i'm always looking for new spots i'm always trying to get on there Uh, find access routes find you know mess around with hypotheticals like wind direction and then while I'm out there I'm journaling everything I'm dropping as many pins and waypoints as humanly possible and documenting everything that I need to know once the rut starts to kick in I'm really gonna be taking advantage of the pro whitetail platform the rut map the weather services the ability to I need to do a lot more of this, but the ability to organize your trail cameras. And so uh, just a really good, uh, you know, really good functionality that all hunters will learn to enjoy. So go check out huntstand.com, read up on all the functionality and how it will benefit you. And last but not least, Vortex Optics. If you're looking for a rifle scope, red dot. If you're looking for spotting scope, if you're looking for binoculars, if you're looking for a range finder, Anything and everything optic-related for your firearm or for hunting, these guys have it. And not only do they have it, but they have the accessories to go with it, like their brand-new tripod. The thing is badass. It's light, it's durable, and that's what I want when I go out west. So uh, their tripod's badass. And then on top of that, their VIP warranty, you break it, you bust it, you eat it, and poop it out. Guess what? They're gonna, they're gonna fix it for you. you send it into Vortex. They're gonna fix fix it for you, and then send it back to you. So, huge shout out to Vortex for being a, a partner of this podcast as well, and the VIP warranty, and having just some really cool people who work for the company. So, vortexoptics.com. There is the com- the uh, the partners. Now next, you know, uh, 2023 for me, I'm gonna be using a little bit of my time to give back to that the the conservation effort which is the natural resource that we all take away from every year so i'm going to make it a point to give back to the uh, natural resource and one way to do that is to become two percent for conservation certified if you want to find more about two percent for conservation please go visit fishandwildlife.org. all right so why don't we just get right into it and hop on this episode with paul campbell Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I, this is going to be a fun episode because we got Paul Campbell, uh, and now you're not just the host of one pod- podcast. You're the host of multiple podcasts. What's that feel like,
1: man? You know, it's a uh, it's a layer of stress that I that I that I like. I enjoy it, right? But so I'm I'm fighting now because I'm getting all these these awesome guests to talk about turkeys, and I'm like, oh man. Which show do I put them on? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's something, but it's a good problem to have. So I, I can't complain, man, but I'm enjoying it. I will say I, I could talk about turkeys nonstop and I do quite frankly. (laughs)
0: And that's, and that's funny because uh, I I can remember a couple conversations that uh, I had with you and I had with Andrew Um, and by the way, just to catch everybody up here. Uh, Paul is one of the hosts of the Ohio outdoors podcast, otherwise known as the O2 podcast. And now he's been tapped by the network to start creating some content about turkey hunting. And we've dubbed that the how to hunt turkey podcast. And so, uh, I'm, I'm excited because of multiple reasons. Like I, I just felt like we've been neglecting turkey hunters here on the network, but at the same time, uh, I personally, this is gonna sound bad. Don't give too many shits about turkeys. I I turkey hunt. I I like it going and doing it, but I'm not planning my life around turkey hunting like I am whitetail hunting.
1: You know, so so you and I had a couple conversations last year, and you told me about like shooting a turkey off of a trash bag that thought oh, it was yeah. like a decoy, <laughs> and 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 just and just. And and not your disdain for turkeys, but just like it's not it's not an important part of your life like it is right. to me, right? So I I I I work for the National Wild Turkey Federation. I'm at the convention in Nashville in 2022, and they're showing this real emotional turkey, you know, video about turkey hunters and what it yep. means. And your big bearded ass comes up on that screen, <laughs> and I fucking smack the table and I'm like,
0: This guy,
1: this is who you choose. And I I, I lost my mind. That you were, they chose you of all people to be, and it was a great moment that, that you submitted. I will say thanks for doing that. It was, it was a really cool <laughs> moment, but I was, I was so, I was so fired up about that. I'm like, oh man. So
0: the national, the. It'd be
1: like taking me to talk. Oh, good.
0: I was going to say that the NWTF must not know about how I feel about turkey hunting, right? Because I'm not sure me. there's other guys out there who, so here's the, here's the, uh, the short of it. Um, man, a handful of years ago, my buddy Curtis, um, he's really good at videography and editing and he came down and he recorded me taking my wife, turkey hunting and in the little tradition that we used to have where all of the family would get together during turkey season, we'd go hunting and, you know, sometimes we'd have mushrooms and, and we'd have fish fries and things like that. And we captured it and I submitted it to the NWTF, um, was like a video challenge or uh, you know just it was like a award ceremony for best film dedicated to turkey hunting and and it won. It won first place. And so I would have loved to have been there when you're like, this guy doesn't even like turkey <laughs> And
1: I mean it's it like our it's it like our big awards banquet. Yeah. And there's three thousand people in this room and you pop <laughs> my head just exploded. I it was like that like I just fell out of my chair. I was I was just this is <laughs> Stop the show. This is unacceptable. I got Freak them duped.
0: Out. I got them all duped. Yeah. <laughs> that was No, it was, it
1: was good. It was, it was a good video. It was yeah. a good, it was one of those good moments in the woods, man. And it doesn't matter. Uh, those are always special, you know? Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you, like going back as far back as you can remember. Uh, first off, did you come from a hunting family?
1: No, no, I, I did. I did not. I didn't start hunting until I was 25. And it, the first thing that I hunted just happened to be a, a wild Turkey. And I, I think one of the reasons that it's so important to me, just the, the pursuit and the animal is that at the time, so this would have been 2008 was my first year. My, my, my dad had just died. And if, if for those of us that are old enough to remember the great recession, I'm using air quotes for the people listening here. Um, the economy was trash, right? I mean, yeah. my my life was trash. the The industry that I was working in, the golf course industry, I couldn't keep a job because everyone you were just getting laid off. You know, yeah. you start a new job, laid off. My dad had died. I was drinking a ton. My my life was in free fall. And my one of my best friends, he he, he called me and said, "Hey, man, do you do you want to go turkey hunting?" And I think he knew that, like my I was just in a dark place. And uh, my response was, "What the hell is a wild turkey?" Like, I, I had no <laughs> idea what it was, and I didn't know that people did this. And so I, I went out to I went out to Walmart. I bought like the cheapest camo that you could get. You know what I'm talking about? It's that, yeah. like it's like 10 bucks for a shirt, $10 for a pair of pants. And it's like it doesn't move. It's super thick. It doesn't breathe. But it got the job done. Right. It got me in the woods. I borrowed a shotgun and uh, I bought one of these. Uh, it, it's a Primo's Power Crystal. And so it's just this little like acrylic call. And this was really like before YouTube and you know, you had to buy like a magazine or have a mentor to learn how to hunt and, and, what and year I didn't was this? know what I was doing. This would have been like this is two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. All right. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's that's when I first started hunting and I didn't know that you had to scratch the call surface to get it to make turkey sounds right so you had to like take sandpaper and like rough it up i didn't right. realize that so i'm sitting here for weeks man i'm trying to figure out how to get this turkey going to work and so i i go i go into the i go this is like the day before season i go into this little hunting store that i bought it from in southeastern ohio i'm like hey man this this, this turkey call is broken I, I need a new one and he looks at it, he's like you like turkey hunt? i'm like oh yeah and i've never turkey hunted i just yeah. didn't want to look like an asshole right <laughs> i was like oh, "Yeah, Oh i love the turkey hunting. he's like you do it a lot i'm like oh, "Yeah, i've been doing it for years he's like you know you need to scratch this call up i'm like oh yeah, yeah yeah and and so this guy's like you're an idiot so he takes the sandpaper that came with the damn call and he scratches it up and he and he hands it back to him he's like give this a try now and i started yelping him and i was just like i was like all right i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna back out of the stores but it was like i was like the homer simpson meme where i just like back into the bush real slow because i just made myself look like a total dick and that, that was the that was it so that was kind of my entrance into uh into the turkey hunting world oh but, man Yo, know, man i, I I didn't hear a turkey until like my third hunt that week yeah. uh, in Ohio, and when I heard it gobble, something in my mind clicked, man, and 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 changed. And it uh, and it's it's weird to say, but at the, at the at the time in my life, like that hunting that animal and learning to turkey hunt gave me gave me purpose. Yeah, you know, and. uh,
0: same story. That was a long-winded answer. Yeah, dude, dude, same story, different species, man. I mean, that's yeah. you could almost enter my name and whitetails into into that. So, I'll tell you this. It was wasn't on t- maybe I went hunting once or t- yeah, I went hunting a couple times in uh middle school and high school for turkeys, but nothing serious. But then in college, I transferred from one school uh, to another one because the first college I went to was a two-year uh, college. The second uh, time I went was a, uh, uh, I transferred to a, a bigger university and I was closer to my uncle, and he was just like, "Hey man, you should come turkey hunting with me." And so it was Alan and Dana and their brothers and and those are my uncles and, you should come come do this with me and I'm like okay, and so I went out turkey hunting and I had never been turkey hunting before but it was like seriously before and so i had an okay camo from deer hunting i had you know a decent pair of boots i didn't know shit about calling and what how they would respond so my so you know the classic setup where the one guy falls back and calls and the other guy's out there and it was an absolute like just exhilarating experience man back in the day when You know, Iowa's turkey population has really dropped off in the past, you know, 10 years, 10 plus 20 years. And it was one of those mornings where it was just a little cool, clear, not a cloud in the sky. The sun's coming up and they were just ripping hard. And my uncle's back there going bananas on his call. These toms are just going off. They fly down off the tree right in front of me, strut, boom. And I'd just crush one, and then I was like, This is awesome, right? And so, yeah. uh, the initial, the uh, everything initial about it was, uh, was cool. So, then after that, I went on like a dude, like a 10 or 15 year streak where I was just blasting turkey <laughs> almost the exact same way, where it was go into the woods, listen to them on the roost, set up, they'd fly down and I'd shoot them. And so I don't know if that was a good thing for me to to have it be so easy, but it was. I mean, it, it was it just became real easy and I and I found success and I and I have learned since then that it's it's not always that easy. And so I don't know. I I I've since put a lot of eggs in my whitetail basket, but but I feel like I'm going to have some kind of a rebirth for love of turkey hunting now that my kids are getting to the age to where I can start taking them out because I think turkey hunting is just like it's going to be that perfect activity to introduce your kids it's loud it can be fast um if they could just stop moving then yeah. then I think I'm I'm going to be all right
1: yeah it's the it's the perfect way to bring a child or even adults into into the pursuit of hunting yeah you don't have to worry about the wind. You're not hunting when it's super cold. You don't really hunt in the rain, you know, unless you're a nutcase. And you can talk a little bit. Like, there's oh, there's, yeah. some margin for, there's some margin for error. Couldn't agree more. That there is, yeah, with, with turkeys that, that you don't get with deer or elk or ducks right. or, or whatever the other pursuits are. And it's, and it's interactive, you know. I can clap my hands and get a turkey to gobble. You know, if you're just out screwing around with your kids and you get them to yell – you might get a turkey to go and that yeah. just hooks them, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's engaging. And so it's a really good way to, to bring people into, into the pursuit of, of turkey hunting. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's just something that, that for a lot of people you either love it or you don't like it, Yeah, you know, and there's, there are the middle ground, but I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those that I think a lot of people just the first time, first couple times they do it, have some sex or success or don't Yeah, they're like, damn, that was fun. I'm going to do that again. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. So 2008 hits, and then it, did it just snowball from there? I mean, you just were like, "I oh, dude, I'm, it, I'm a turkey hunter from that point on.
1: It did, man. It uh, I, I didn't even get close to a turkey the first first couple of years. It was three, my third season. I finally killed a turkey. Uh, but I would, like, go out during the summer, and I would just listen to them, you know, in, in the mornings, just talk and communicate. And I really dove into, uh, you know, turkey calling and becoming proficient at calling. And I'm still not, you know, I'm not winning any championships anytime soon, but I enjoy it. Um and it just every i think with turkey hunting more so than 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 the other you learn best by failure right and yeah. and, and you can't teach experience and so a lot of those for and in the first turkey was just dumb luck you know yeah. i i was just you know i'd walked all over the place and and i'm just standing there and, and this thing you know this bird had just been listening to me call had never called never gobbled once and he just hammered off 40 yards behind me and I dive into a thicket and, and he just pops out into this clear cut and I shoot him, you know. Yeah. And that was one of those like, but there's no interaction. And so as as I get more and more into it, experience it, you get that. I think, and and this is what really hooks me. Some of the best hunts I've had are when I walk out empty handed. Yeah. And I went back and forth with this turkey for four or five hours sometimes. See him, you don't see him. See him, don't see him. You're moving, he's yeah. moving. You're dealing with hens. You're following them through the woods. You're stalking them. You're doing all these things and you know they they check up at 60 yards and he's just hammering and drumming and spitting and jumping oh, yeah. up in the air and you're, you, I mean you're you I like my head's going to explode just talking about it yeah but you never get to pull the trigger yeah. and, and, and then he just walks off and you're like why did he leave I have no idea right. those are the best so i mean it those are those are what really drew me into it um you know over the over the next years and you know i started hunting in different states and i you know one of the one of the things that i really like is is you know the hunter camps that you get that that the States put out throughout the country. That's free to stay. I mean, you just, there's a really intense culture around Turkey hunting in the spring and, and just the the people that you meet, you know, on those hunts were, were really neat. So yeah, Yeah. I'm still convinced to this day that I met Brett Favre in the Turkey woods. Really? Uh, If it wasn't, if it wasn't Brett Favre, it was his freaking doppelganger. And I didn't want to be that. I mean, he had Wisconsin tags. He had everything. I'm like, I didn't want to be that guy that was yeah. like, "Are you Brett Favre?" You know, but still convinced that I met Brett Favre. And I mean, you know, I'm hunting with like an 870, and this dude's got like a four thousand dollar Benelli. Yeah, yeah, it had to be Brett. Favre. Man, so that was it. That's hey,
0: it. Brett Favre, if you're listening right now, Paul Campbell wants to go turkey hunting with you. Yes, make it happen. Make man. it happen. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, did did I ever tell you the story uh, that I filmed at one point? I don't think it's the record anymore, but I was the camera guy when uh, a guy, um, uh, one of my old buddies, Todd Pregnans. Most people know him for uh, for deer hunting, but he saw a, a tom out in his back field. He called me up, and said, "Hey, I want to video this hunt," and we had found a decoy. He was mowing his ditch, and he hit it. He hit a hen decoy with his. Lawnmower And it, so it was just beat to shit. We stuck it on an arrow. Uh, the first uh, afternoon we went out there because this was an after these were afternoon hunts went out there. We saw it strutting with a hen, but nothing happened. The next afternoon we went out and, and did the same thing. And this Tom just boom, comes it, comes in, starts strutting, works his way into archery range. And he shot it. And we didn't know what we had shot at that point. And so we called up this other dude, and, and he's like, "Dude, if it's got as many beard, it had seven beards."
1: Oh my god! Seven
0: beards, and we measured it. We had we took it down to Missouri. We weighed it. They measured the spurs. They measured the uh the the beard, and it was the world record, um, the world record atypical turkey with okay. uh, with archery equipment. And so, wow. and so since then I, it's been broken, but we we were just like, they, they keep score on Turkey. Like we, we didn't know that. And, and <laughs> yeah. so, and so it was pretty cool that, to be there when, uh, when that record was, was broken, man. It was pretty, it was pretty. That is, crazy. that is,
1: that is pretty. I want to see, I'd I like to see
0: that video. Yeah. At that point, like.
1: I mean, you have to like with that turkey that that decoy and the arrow. Like, yeah. you have to kill something with it. Like oh, at that yeah. point, I'm going to use it. And I'm going to use it until I kill something. You know, off of that. Right. That
0: decoy and sure. so, what? 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 You know, whether it is a, uh, uh, how do I put this? Whether it's a, a, a white tail or a turkey, and 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 people like they shoot some kind of record, and they're wearing. Like Walmart camo or no camo at all, or they're using. You know, people are paying thousands of dollars sometimes for turkey decoys, and we like. I brought one in with a trash bag one time. He brought this one in with this jalopy type. I mean, it was it had lawnmower cuts that he put tape on so it would stand up that's straight. That's hilarious. And so that's hilarious. And so he he broke the record, and and I'm sure there's guys out there who have spent their whole life. Just wanting to shoot some kind of record book turkey, and so we did. That was his. Oh, and by the way, that was his first turkey ever shot.
1: Oh, good for him, man! That's like shooting. That's like shooting the Milo Hansen buck on your first. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your first on your first hunt. Exactly. It's it's all downhill from there at that point.
0: Right. Right. So, uh, so you, you get fired up about you know turkey hunting, and then so recently. Uh, recently, you you took a job with the National Wild Turkey Federation. Why don't you explain to people listening what it is you do for that organization?
1: So I am the Director of Development for the National Wild Turkey Federation for the Central East part of the country. So I, my territory, I cover Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, a little bit into New Jersey, and, and some up into New England. So my job I'm probably the most least important person uh, at that organization <laughs> but what 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 I what I do is I work with the members and with the volunteers and the donors to the to the Federation to to create to generate fundraising to generate money coming in so I, I work with major gifts so so philanthropic minded individuals that that understand what it takes to move the needle in wildlife conservation so it's not just wild turkeys it's deer it's pheasant you know all wild animals benefit from the conservation work that, that we do. So, so the mission of the Wild Turkey Federation, excuse me, National Wild Turkey Federation, is the conservation of the wild turkey, everything that's around that, and then the preservation of our hunting heritage. So it's two two parts. So it's yeah. in it's, you know, it's hands in the dirt type of stuff. It's outreach, and then you've got the a lot of uh, you know lobbying efforts to go on, protecting hunting rights, protecting private property rights, protecting. Uh, public rights or public property rights easements and all that stuff so it's really it's a really neat mission statement uh so yeah i i work to keep the keep the people that are doing the work the outreach coordinators the biologists the foresters keep those people doing doing what they need
0: okay and so you get a you get to interact with a lot it sounds like a lot of people from all different you know, walks of life throughout your, yeah. your monthly, weekly, however, you know, year at there. Yep. um, talk about, so I, I look at, I look at whitetails like a, it's going the route of a rich man sport, right? Where, uh, you know, everybody is obsessed with big bucks. Everybody wants to have a honey hole that nobody else hunts. And people care really deeply about, you know, I don't know, almost keeping whitetails private. And they want to, they want to, they want to, the, the direction, you know, there's obviously this huge public land movement, but as properties through, and, and Iowa is a perfect example of this, as properties get sold, um, the people who. You know, the people who die off or uh, have farmed want to pass their, you know, they pass it on to their children. It either gets split up four or five ways sometimes, or it just gets straight up sold to a non-resident landowner or anyway, the whole point I'm getting at is here is turkeys seem to have like not be affected by that because I feel like you can still get permission on, on some farms to turkey hunt. You can get... Um, You know, you can get a group of guys together and talk openly about turkey hunting spots and nobody will, you know, nobody will really care because it's turkey. It's not deer. Talk to us a little bit about why you think that is.
1: That's a great, that's a great question. So I think that the easy one, when you look at, and and you just said it, people are obsessed with growing big deer. So there's a measurable, a quantifiable, we're doing antlers on my head, Dan, a quantifiable idea of what a big deer is right and that's you know that's the score how many points how large they are i think turkey hunting avoids a lot of that like you said you didn't even know that people scored scored turkeys yeah and it's not i think turkey hunting has avoided and will always avoid kind of the uh the trappings of of other pursuits yeah in terms of trophy status uh I mean, most of the turkeys that probably that, that get killed year in and year out are two and a half year old turkeys. Those are the ones that come in. They are hammering like crazy because they're young. They're fired up. It's you know, their first breeding season. They're strutting around, and yeah, you know, they're dumb. Mm -hmm. And so we exploit, we exploit that. So most of the turkeys that die are two and a half years old In the deer woods, the two and a half year old deer is, is, is not considered a trophy in, in most circumstances. So I think with, with Turkey hunting, it's, it's the Turkey that's willing to die that you get to interact with. That's the one that that's the trophy. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a 10 year old Turkey, you know, mature Turkey, or if it's, if it's one that's young. And I mean, this beard here that I've got—I mean, that's a 12-inch beard. That is—that's over 12 inches. That's a trophy in the in, I mean, that's a huge beard. Yeah, I may never see that again in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you know, most of them—and and—I and don't care. And that's the thing; it doesn't matter to me, and to turkey hunters, it doesn't matter. And I think one of the other things that I talk about deer going the route of 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 the rich man sport of an elitist uh, mentality, if you will. Yeah, uh, you know, there are people alive right now that didn't have turkeys to hunt when they were our age kids, you know? Yeah. And I think that if, 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 if deer had gone through that same process, or they, they will go through that where you don't have deer, the the populations drop where you lose access, you lose rights. And and you've got to collectively come together like turkey hunters did back in the sixties and seventies to, to reestablish populations. Yeah. Uh, I think if you, if you had that, I think people would, would be willing to, I think the mindset would be different in the deer woods. It yeah. would be the more people we have doing it, the more eyes we have on this, the, the better, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I hope that that never happens because that means the population suffer and we don't want to see that. But yeah, I think that's two of the, two of the big things. One, we didn't have turkeys within our lifetime. And two, we avoid some of the, you know, the trophy status,
0: yeah. uh, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, you, you did a really good job of explaining that. I look at uh, a beard or big spurs as the cherry on top. Right, you can't pass a turkey. Like, I'm sure there's guys who have done it where they're just observing him and go, Well, his spurs just aren't long enough, or his beard's not long enough. I'm, I'm looking for something better. Right, a, a lot of guys probably don't do that. Where and so big spurs and a big beard is the cherry on top, where sure. and, and it's everything else that is the experience. Now, when you compare that to whitetails, the antlers are the big focus, and if he comes in and does something cool. That's the cherry on top, but for sure, it doesn't matter at that point because you're going to shoot the big antler deer over, you know, Hey, it could be day one of my hunt. It could be day 14 of my hunt. Right. So I don't know. I, it's just, it's, it's different in a good way. You know what I mean? I I think turkeys, turkeys just allow people to go out and have a blast and, uh, and there's, there's just a little less concern on, on a little less concern of being so serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think
1: that, I think that you're going to have a segment of Turkey hunters that have that elitist mentality. Yeah, And I talk to them, I meet them, I deal with them. Uh, you're always going to have that. Right. And it's such a, it's such a small percentage of the hunters, uh, you know, within the, the Turkey hunting culture and right, world. Right. They, they, they give a crap about the beard side. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, like if you have, there's a good chance. If you have a really old mature Tom, this guy could be six or seven years old if he's fortunate. He get a beard rot. I mean, this could yeah. be the biggest, literally the biggest turkey in the world, in the, in the in the in the in the zone, and he's got a little four inch, three inch stubby beard, yeah. because he's got mites eating his beard, you know. Yeah. And and so is that turkey less desirable? Probably not. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool, man. What's the biggest tom you've ever shot? Oh, a, this one right here. That, so that was a yes. uh, 11 or uh, that's a 12-inch No, gear. he was,
1: yeah, he's almost, almost 12 and a half. And I, I don't know, I, I didn't, I've never weighed a turkey, I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I usually gut him right there. Um, But he got, it's it's funny, it was one of the, you see this jar back here with all these feathers? Yeah. So that's his that's his fan. So this guy was huge. And so I, I, I you know, I pluck him and, and skin him out. And uh, it was like super hot that, that year here in Ohio. And I put I did I, I just set this turkey like outside and I, you know, you f- fan them out. You put borax on them. Long story short, like somehow like a bunch of maggots got in this thing like really fast. Yeah and just destroyed all of the, like the structure, the tissue. Yeah. That, that, that holds have, it that together. Hold, yeah. That hold it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, and, and so the, the feathers are all like right there. The, I mean, his fans are like twice the size of the rest of these on my wall. I mean, he was yeah. just this massive Turkey, and but I've got the beard. I got his, I got a Spurs behind me. He's got, he's got some hooks on him. Uh, but the rest of them have been, have been just, you know, good turkeys, man. You two, two and a half year old turkeys come in with, their freaking hair on fire and uh that's what i'm looking for so yeah yeah, this guy right here he was a swamp turkey so he had like his his legs were all stained up black and everything it was cool man it was it's definitely the coolest turkey i've ever killed
0: yeah some of the the i learned i cut my teeth on turkey hunting in river bottom ground and so a lot of it was the best the wet you know they're they're just they're they're literally roosting right along a river and you get down in some, into those, in that floodplain, in that flat area, no terrain at all. And you just call them down and they just, there's not a lot of cover down there. You just lean up against a tree and they work in and, uh, and that's how I kind of cut my teeth. And, and one year I shot one that was 29 pounds. I, I've never broke the 30-yard oh. mark yet, but my, uh, my brother, uh, my stepbrother, he shot a 34-pound turkey. It was, Man, it, was it was gigantic. It was gigantic. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I've heard, you know, I've heard the NWTF does some really cool things, specifically out in the mountains. Um, I think it was, I want to say New Mexico or Arizona. They did a, a whole project where they went in, timbered an entire mountainside, and, you know, got the... Um, got the turkey species did a whole bunch of habitat work for the the uh, the turkey species in that area. I think they were the Rio like Rio Grande, Um gold go, in they were gold. The Goulds revival.
1: Goulds revival is what you're talking about.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That was that was in Arizona up into into New Mexico. So there was um, the Goulds is just a, is one of the subspecies yeah. of of yeah. turkeys that we have in, in North America. So that. The Goulds historically had been south of the border. Historically, meaning, you know, through hunting and, and lack of habitat, um, those turkeys had just migrated south. So they weren't in their native territory. So through you know 10 or 15 years of just hard grinding work with state agencies, with volunteers, members, conservation staff, uh, through the NWTF, they were able to reestablish the populations, huntable populations, and into their their original territory. Yeah. So the Goulds the Goulds revival, I believe is, is, is what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. It was um, one of those a
1: Ton of, yeah, a ton of, a ton of work that went in there, uh, chasing 49. Those guys do a really good job of, of some video work. They did, uh, Tom Opry did some work with the Goulds revival. So if you just get out there and just type in Goulds revival on, on YouTube, there's some really well done, um, you know, video work on, on those. So, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, there's a big focus out West with with. Uh, the National Watery Federation, we just signed a 20-year, a $50 million ser- forestry service agreement with uh, the U.S. Forest Service. And so what that means is we're going in, we're, we're doing the controlled burns, we're doing the timber, we're doing all these things. We're trying to prop up uh, wildlife habitat through forestry work uh, out west. And, and kind of the one of the big things that's going to happen, it's going to reduce the the forest fires that are going on out yeah. there, which so that's bad for humans and critters, right? So, right. I mean, that's, that's a really – Really big deal. So there's a lot of work going out west. There's a lot of work going on all over every inch of this country through this uh, through this organization.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I feel like the NWTF uh, and and this is just a very limited knowledge base about that organization is doing it right when it comes to conservation. I mean, I mean, you're you have a little bit of a biased answer because you work for them, but do you feel that they have a good grasp on conservation efforts in general? Yes, yes I
1: do, and and obviously I'm I'm a homer, but I've been a supporter of this organization since the very first year that I hunted turkeys, and there's I see a lot of criticism uh, from people online about the National Wild Turkey Federation. A lot of that is rooted in the fact that there are population declines. So when you have the name Wild Turkey, you know you're kind of like the de facto torchbearer of, of the, of the animal. Right. And so you, you know, as an organization when the population's decline, we've gotten a lot of hate online over the years. Well, what have, what have they done for us recently? Right. And so when you look at an, a, a nonprofit, every nonprofit, every company really has a mission, right. And it's what we do. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And I already talked about that. So we accomplished our mission. Our first mission was to, to reestablish turkeys in every, or every all of their native ranges, so forty nine states, and we did that. We did that in nineteen ninety. I think it was I think it was ninety seven that we accomplished that. The goal was target two thousand. So we did that. So when when an organization reaches their mission, it's just like so. You got all these you know cancer. Well, you know eradicate cancer. Well, when cancer goes away, you're sitting there going, what well, What do we do now? And so I think there was some of that trying to figure out. Okay, what do we do now as an organization? And so save the habitat, save the hunt was a big twelve year initiative um, through the organization and. So what, what we did, and we, we, we finished, we completed the goals two years earlier, we completed them in 2020. So 5.2 million acres conserved and enhanced, uh, 1.5 million hunters recruited or reactivated or retained, uh, and then 700,000 acres open to public hunting across the country. So when you talk about impact, positive impact on the landscape for, for hunters and just a ton of animals, different species, songbirds, migratory songbirds, migratory waterfowl, uh, turkeys deer elk moose bear all of it it is it is a very uh it is a very fine high high tuned machine man yeah, when it awesome. comes to, to wildlife conservation and and then outreach uh as well so yeah it's really neat to see to be a part a part of it and and then you know with my position i get to watch the animal move and yeah. i love when i say the animal i mean the organization and the people doing the doing the work
0: yeah. so yeah that's awesome and i just after working with some other whitetail organizations in the past and then hearing uh, you know, people talk about the NWTF. I feel like there's a difference in passion level. Like, I just yes. feel like the the Turkey community is just really, really passionate about that where in the whitetail world, I, I wouldn't say that it's it's a different kind of passion it, it's a it's a selfish passion and not a community passion if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I know it there's going to be guys out there that are like, will disagree with me wholly on that. It's just, it's just a vibe that I, I kind of have. And, and that like, I, you know, it all goes back to the first couple comments that I made where it's, you know, whitetail seems to be in, in every man's, uh, hunt, you know, species to hunt where whitetails is almost a little, if you want to shoot a big deer, you got to have some kind of an elitist, I don't know, you know, and that's not for everybody because yeah. there's guys out there. Like we both know who go out and slay giants on, you know, high pressured public land every year. But yeah. the vibe that I get is, you know, that guy would not share his spots with another deer hunter, but a Turkey hunter might go out, see a whole bunch of Tom, shoot one and then go tell another guy, Hey dude, I saw some, turkeys back here go you know share that information so i don't know that's that could be accurate that's just my my view of it all so i think i think you're i think you're right and i think that that passion is tied
1: into the heritage and 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 the heritage of 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 hunters i mean and i'm talking about like modern hunting i'm not talking about you know the native americans you know but i'm talking about the people that that really have created the modern uh hunter that we know and i think that where, where the passion is so steeply rooted and just entrenched in the culture of all turkey hunters is that we didn't have them 50 years ago yeah yeah i mean and and so those people like cus strickland and toxie hayes and will primos and all of these guys that we know now is is and, you know, with the drury brothers uh, and they got their start turkey hunting which i don't think most people really know that yeah. they're as diehard as you come i think the fact that those guys that are in their 50s, 60s now, they didn't have the opportunities that people have. I think there's a a level of respect that's been ingrained in the generations of turkey hunters that have followed by those guys that in the 60s, 70s, and 80s really formed the the culture that we have now. So I think that respect is different. And you don't have that respect because you haven't had to coalesce together to create the opportunities that we have now. If deer disappeared two years from now, and you were leading the charge, you're like, this is bullshit. We need to do all, you know, we need to, we need to come together and work harder in 20, 30 years. That, that mentality would be completely different because people have lost something in the Turkey world. And there's a greater appreciation I think for the bird. That's why people get worked up about it, man, with with populations and, and they get, they get angry and they want answers and they want results. And I think a lot of people are willing to do
0: it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk and i know you're not a biologist but i'm sure you have your ear to you know on the wire and on the pulse of the nwtf there is and i can just speak speak from experience the i i i can remember going out into one ridge on a big block of timber in a river bottom and i would hear 50 toms sound off in the you know, in a, in a good morning. And I just like, you would hear them circle. They would kick another Tom to start gobbling. And it would just, it would just loop around this whole, the whole valley. And that was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Now going out, it is nothing like that at all. You'll hear some turkeys gobble, but nothing like the population is just not there anymore. Why is that?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And with the job that I have, um, I mean, you've met me, I'm a big dude, you paint a target on my chest and my back. And you're right. Ask this guy about turkey decline. And I go around the country and I get my face kicked in about this. And it's one that, that I'm that I like to answer. I like to talk about this. And so I always start out with and you've said it. I'm not a biologist. I just regurgitate facts uh, of of the population that i hear people that are smarter than me and i ask questions from a from a point of wanting to understand and a point of curiosity because yeah. i want turkeys to be on this landscape for generations to come so i think when you look at when you look at turkey population declines across the country it really started so so the cradle of of turkeys in their infancy 40s to the 70s was the southeast of this country and so those turkeys, we trapped them, we moved them across into New England, into the central states, into the, you know, the Midwest, and we were moving the other subspecies. So there's trapping transfers that went out. So the, 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 the turkey originated from really the Southeast, the populations that we know. And so the decline really started. People have been suffering with population declines in the Southeast for 15 years. And it's just now, it maybe even longer than that, it's just now getting into the point like in Wisconsin and Minnesota and in Ohio where we're like, oh, we got, we, we see an issue and it just started recently. So, so there are a lot of, a lot of reasons that we have population declines for wild turkeys across the country. There's no smoking bullet. There's no, or, you know, silver bullet. There's no smoking gun. There's no one reason yeah. um, that the turkeys have suffered population decline. And so as human beings, like our, 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 our instinct when, when something bad happens, well, we just want to say, well, it's a raccoon. That's why. Yeah. And that's it. Case closed, kill all the raccoons. It's not. and, so that's the that's the, you know, people people are looking for something easy to say, but it's not. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. Right. Yeah. It's it's raccoons. It's nest raiders. It's predators. Uh, it's a lack of uh, or it's a loss of habitat. Mm-hmm. It's a loss of nesting habitat, brood habitat, nesting and brood habitats, that stuff that's that's little. Yeah. You know, it's that 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 little, you know, 12 to 15 inch, 18 inches or whatever. I'm not a biologist. I don't jump out of your skin, but it's that lower stuff. that Those little poults can hide. Uh you know, from predators, it's where the bugs are, you know? So there's all these things. There's a ton of research going on about um, pesticide impacts on, on, on and gut bacteria and stuff like that. So the number one, and this is just, this is just, I've heard this from everyone. So, so if you, if you had two, two issues, you're like, this is the the number, the the top two reasons that we have population declines. One is a lack of that habitat, that nesting habitat, that brood habitat, good, sufficient habitat. Uh, when people say, well, 15 years ago on my farm, I had, you know, I had awesome Turkey populations there. Well, well, have you done anything to keep them there? No. Okay. Well, your woods have changed in those 15 years. And so people don't like to hear that, right. They, that's not, they don't want to know. They don't want to be told, Yeah, you could go a mile down the road and, and you've got, you've got good populations, you know, where those turkeys just over generations have, have moved away. So that's, that's one thing. I think the biggest thing, uh, for for population declines, is cold wet springs. Turkey, poults, baby turkeys, they can't regulate their body temperature the first two weeks of their life. So if it is cold and rainy, wherever you're at in the country, you are going to have baby poults die, just unavoidable. And so I know here in Ohio, 17, 18, 19 were really bad, cold, wet springs. I mean, just miserable to hunt in. Farmers were getting corn and beans planted late. I mean, it was just, it was just awful. So then, so then fast forward, those two and a half year old toms that we love, that they're dumb, they're gobbling like crazy. Well, cut that in half. Yeah. And so you, you get the, you get that cycle and and it's, and and there's so many things, there's disease, there's predation, there's all these things that people were trying to find out. So That's the reason why Mm -hmm. all of it. That's the answer. All of it. Yeah. Predation, avian, mammalian predation, uh, cold, wet springs, uh, everything. And it's and it's hard for humans to understand that because we can't control it. Right. We can't control the weather. It's more of an avalanche
0: type scenario. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we can just hide under rocks and let the snow go over us, and 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 then when it's over with, we'll figure. You know, we'll we'll dig out from there. So, I think for for people that are that are seriously considering managing property for turkeys, or if you are a landowner, um, you can you can do the work. I mean, burning is like the number one tool for 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 nest habitat. Yeah. And little turkey hunting tip there: uh, some of those mapping softwares will have uh, control burns on state lands. Man. That's a, that's a dynamic spot to hunt. So there's a little tip there for you, for you Dan. But So I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated answer. It's a very complicated yeah. uh, situation. There's a ton of nuance to it, and there's a ton of emotion in it. And so when you get the emotion involved in it, uh, it, it, gets, it gets hard. It gets yeah. hard to, to manage. And the state agencies are really under a lot of pressure from hunters. Yeah. And a lot of the state agencies kind of reacted slow to lessening, like to, to, to reducing bag limits in the spring. You know, if we would have done that across the country five or six years ago, we'd be better off. I mean, I saw in Ohio, we reduced our population. I saw more to our, our bag limits, excuse me. I saw more jakes in the landscape this year than I have in years. So I think you're going to see a slow recovery of, of, of a lot of pop, but it's going to take a ton of work. It's going to take patience. It's going to take people coming together to to, to continue that work that, uh, that, this you know, NWTF and, and hunters and members started back and in, in, in 50 years ago
0: yeah yeah it's fun you know hunters are a funny bunch of people they will complain about and i'll just use turkey hunting for example turkey hunters will say Dude, i love turkey hunting i care a lot about the wild turkey there's not a lot of wild turkey in my area due to population decline but i'm gonna go out and i'm still gonna fill every single tag like yeah I feel like if you really did love an animal that much and it was that much of an issue for you, go call them in, but don't shoot them. You know, like, yeah. like if, if, if white were in like a dangerously low spot where I was only seeing one, two bucks a year, maybe I should just, like, maybe I should change the way I hunt, but no one ever does that. Right. So I I feel like hunters are a group of people that their mindsets need to change because, uh, and I'm, I am just as guilty of this as everybody else. We do a lot of bitching, but there's times where we don't take any action, right? We just, we, we, we bitch and we bitch and we bitch. And then that's what we do. We bitch, but we don't do anything about it. And so I feel like that's a little bit of a mind, a mindset change that needs to happen with all, you know, all hunting not just pursuits yeah all pursuits yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's uh you know it's it's tough man i i i was traveling last year and i was meeting with some just really good turkey hunters we shared a turkey camp turkey camp together had a great time and and you get those old war stories you know and it's like oh you know back in 1994 whatever it was we used to come out here and you know we we had this guy great caller and everyone knows this guy um really popular within the turkey woods like yeah one year he took Guided 73 people that took turkeys off of this 3,000 acre farm. Yeah. One guy was responsible for the death of 73 turkeys. You know, obviously he didn't pull the trigger, but. And then you got other people. And then, and then, and this, you know, the next sentence was, well, we just don't see the turkeys like we used to. And I'm like, you understand the correlation, (laughs) right? Like, you. I mean, I'm not a, I'm a dumbass and I can yeah. tell you right now, like you right. probably weren't you know, <laughs> using wise strategy uh, back in the mid 90s, homie. So, yeah. you know, so I think there, there is there is responsibility on hunters. And I think as, as, as hunters as a group like w- we self-regulate all right. the time. Right. I mean, if you're out in the middle of Montana and you know you, you've already killed a bull, but you've got a cow tag and a bull comes up, you could shoot that bull elk, pack it out and no one would know. But we don't do a, a massive, massive majority of us don't do that because that's not the way that we do things, yeah. right? The, the 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 written rules and the unwritten rules and the ethics and the codes, you know, within that. I mean, it's it's you know, it's there. And I think as with turkey hunters, you get a lot of people that um, that respect that. You know, and there are, there are states down like right now. I mean, like, I think Alabama last year, you could take four turkeys from Alabama or, uh, yeah. yeah, from Alabama, four like yeah. that's crazy. And it's like the number one state where people complain the most about turkey population <laughs> decline is Alabama. And it's like, well, stop shooting four turkeys in Tennessee and like all these states. It's, but the reason that, that the states don't do it, they don't reduce those bag limits is because they feel pressure from hunters that say, this is bull crap. You're taking something from me. And it's not, and, and the mentality needs to be, I'm not, we're not taking something from you. We're making sure that it's here for you next five years, year. It's here for you. And the here. year after that. It's here. Yeah. For, yeah. It's, it's a big picture. And so many people have you know, that small mindset that, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to kill 50 turkeys this year. Good for you, man. Yeah. I hope you have a blast. It's legal. Do it. But there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's consequences for, for those actions, you yeah. know, and I, it's, it's a, it's a personal conversation that
0: people need to have. So. Absolutely. Absolutely, all right. Uh, the How to Hunt Turkey Podcast, right? Oh yeah. It uh, what what days do we have it launching? Tuesdays, Tuesdays. every Tuesday, every Tuesday. All right. So yesterday uh, an episode launched. I'm going to launch this on uh, on a Wednesday. So yeah. yesterday uh, a, a brand new episode launched. We're only like what three episodes in? This is we have an intro and then and then the episode from yesterday will be our second full episode okay. that's out. Okay. All right. So, so, I mean, it's it's still brand new. What can yep. we expect to hear out of the How to Hunt Turkey podcast?
1: Oh, man. I have had a blast recording these interviews that I have. So so the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, it's not just like, go to this ridge and call. There is some of that, right? The actual, like, how to hunt turkey. So we talked about, like, the culture that surrounds turkey hunting the mystique that's around turkey hunting this podcast is for people that have never turkey hunted that want to learn this is for people that have been turkey hunting for years and want to become better and this is for people that are the best and just want to hear some interesting entertaining turkey turkey talk right so the episode like the episode that just dropped yesterday Cameron weddington from the turkey hunter podcast the godfather on instagram We he came on we talked about pre-season preparation all of the things that a turkey hunter needs to do from fitness to patterning your shotgun, the type of gun you need to use, the type of ammo, choke tubes, the process to pattern your gun. Uh, so it's, it's really, you know, camo, boots, everything that you need to use. Um, so you're going to learn a lot in that episode. And we talked tactics uh, with, you know, with, with Cameron, but a lot of the guys coming up, good, good turkey hunters. Dave Owens, Hunter Farrier, Philip Culpepper. We got some biologists coming on talking about the mind of the turkey what a tom like his mindset during that breeding season we all know what a buck's mindset is right we know you know the rut we know what they're looking for so you know it's 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 very it's it's a combination of a lot of the the heart of a turkey hunter the soul why we do it and a lot about uh you know how we do it. So yeah. great conversations uh with everyone really an all-star cast uh so far and I'm I'm looking forward to it. So Yeah, me too. It's been it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm, and the response just from the first episode has been tremendous. Uh you know people reaching out to me on Instagram and go wild and texting and emailing and everything. It's been it's been pretty cool, man. I mean, this is the time of year people want to absorb content, you know, about turkey hunting, so there's some of that, but it, but the conversations are good. And it's not me. I'm an idiot. It's the people that come on, uh, man. They're just, just super interesting and, and, and they're good at talking about turkeys. So yeah, absolutely. yeah this come, it's going to make you a better Turkey hunter. Uh, like I said, regardless of your level of, 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 of killing turkeys, this is going to make you better. And it's, I think even, and even for the seasoned guys, I think they're going to just enjoy the stories that, that come out of it. So, absolutely. I mean, Turkey, Turkey hunting, the one way, you know, like I said earlier, the only, the best way to learn is through failure. And we've ha- I've had some talks with guys and that's how you learn, you know, you learn what not to do. And then you put that into, into practice. So yeah, really neat stuff, man. Looking, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love YT hunting, but Turkey yeah. hunting is, can be really fun and because like for me i don't take it serious expectations you know the the level is very low uh, i've you know killed a lot of turkeys in my day and i just feel like it's uh, it's it's a it's an event where you can go out with a group of people hit up the woods chase down a couple of toms, and just have an absolute blast man so um, yeah. yeah you know it is it's it's so much fun yeah and me saying that Makes me want to now go do it. So, so.
1: Yeah, heck yeah, man.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, this spring. Paul, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and and BS with us a little bit about Wild Turkey and how jacked up you get about it. Uh, Let's see here. Tuesdays is when the podcast launches. And I'm looking here Wednesday. Is when the Ohio Outdoors podcast launches yep. and Insta. What's the What's the Instagram tag for the How to Hunt Turkey podcast? It's H two
1: H T podcast on Instagram.
0: H two H T podcast, and uh, yep. that's the How to Hunt Turkey podcast. Go give that a follow. Lots of good content coming out of there, Paul. Man, appreciate everything. Have a good spring, man. It's man. Been
1: fun. Thanks for having me on, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast, man. I love talking to Paul. He's a high energy guy, loves what he's doing. And uh, hopefully that reflected in this episode. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review on the Nine Finger Chronicles, or if you're listening to this on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network, please leave a five-star review. Let everybody know that the content coming out of our, uh, I guess you would call it, in I guess in the fashion world, they call it the Sportsman's Empire House right house of the sportsman's empire please go leave a five-star review that helps everybody out and lets everybody know that the content that we're putting out is second to none in my opinion so huge shout out to tethered huge shout out to wasp huge shout out to hunt stand and vortex please go check out fish And, uh, man, it's that time of year where we're all kind of coming off the high of the hunting season. There's some guys down South who are still hunting, but, uh, for the most part, the entire Midwest and West is done and it's time to reflect and it's all about good vibes. So good vibes in good vibes out Wear your safety harness, and we'll talk to you next time.